three men of God in, in my life. There's, I, I, know a, I, I know a lot of preachers, and I know a lot of men of God. And there's some that's not the same. Say amen right there. Uh, but there are three men of God in my life that have influenced me and have encouraged me and have built and, and invested in me. And uh, I get to introduce one of them today uh, that's been one of the greatest blessings in my life that I can't even describe to you. When I get into trouble, when I get into those those things I can't do and uh, counseling sessions that blow my mind and I, I don't know what to say, He's the one I call. One of the, one of the wisest men in this country when it comes to dealing with uh, uh, situations and, and relationships and with children and that type of thing, uh, it, 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 he is unbelievable. Been a friend to me. Uh, and I'm going to say this. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because this is, this is you, you can learn from this. Um, there was a time in our relationship, I don't even, he probably don't even remember this, but, but uh, where... I, I started making some adjustments here at the church that's a little different than the traditional and the normal. And, and I honestly thought that he was, he was mad at me. And I thought that, 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 that if he knew uh, uh, how we changed things, that he wouldn't, he wouldn't like me anymore and, and, and he would be mad at me. So when he would call, I wouldn't answer. Uh, and, and don't even look at me like y'all ain't never not answered the phone. And, and, and so, so a little time went by. I was just scared to answer because how many of y'all know there's people in your life you don't want to disappoint? You just don't want to disappoint them. And, and, and I, I, I didn't, I'm the type of person, I like people to like me. And especially those that, that mean a lot to me that I don't want to disappoint. And so I wouldn't answer the phone and he tricked me because he called from a different phone. And this is what he said. I'll never forget it. I was sitting in Dreamland Barbecue uh, parking lot in, in, in Huntsville, Alabama, sitting there, and, 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 and when I said hello and I heard it was him, I, I almost died. I was like, <gasps> and he said, this is what he said. He said, now look, we friends, and either I'm going to fly up there or we're going to fix this on the phone, but we're going to straighten this out. One way or another, we talked, and, 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 and he told me how stupid I was for thinking. What, I'm kidding. He, he, he said it that, but in a, a, a nice way. And, but just to know that he cared enough, that he's going to do whatever it takes to fix this relationship, we can learn from that. Don't just forget the other. He had every right to scratch me off his list and, and because I was the one. Are you all with me? I know your pastor's not perfect. You're learning that every day. Amen? Don't do that. If somebody's a friend, make sure you're a friend. Go to them and do that. And I, I, I tell you, I, I, I'm going to shut up because I'll, I'll take all his time. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Y'all help me give an awesome, awesome Temple Baptist welcome uh, to preacher Wilford McCormick from Jacksonville, Florida. Amen. me cry. <laughs> I like you, preacher. I hope you do too. Very few people, very few churches in America have the real deal, but you have the real deal. Not because we're... 
Y'all can have a seat. You've heard the term and know the term living the dream, right? Living the dream. Well, you're living the dream right here at Temple Baptist just to see God blessing and saving people. I mean, changing their destiny from hell to heaven is a miracle from God. I mean, that's something that only God can do. And you're seeing it happen on a regular basis. Glory be to Jesus. God is blessing your life and you're living the dream. Talking about living the dream, we're all living the dream, aren't we? Because you never thought. At least if you're halfway my age, you never thought it could be this good. Never in your life did you think it could be this good. And your grand, your parents and your grandparents, they would not have believed it at all that it could be this good. We're living the dream. I remember whenever I used to say, while well, we may be able to do something, but to take my telephone and look at who I'm talking to, ain't no way. Can't ever happen. Now, my daughter calls me on a regular basis, and I have to stop and think before I pick up my phone, where am I and how am I dressed? And I, because she, she'll call me on that FaceTime stuff, and there she is in living color, and I'm just whatever I am. So we're living the dream. You never thought you'd always be able to live in air conditioning like you've got. But you're living the dream. You never thought that this church would be what it is today for the glory of God. But you're living the dream. You never thought that you'd have the opportunities in America that we have. But God has blessed us and given them to us. Now this morning, I want us to think for a few minutes. I've entitled this message, And His Hair Begin to Grow. Now, it's dealing with Samson out of the book of Judges. If you'll turn there to Judges chapter 13 and verse number 1. If you'll stand with me for a moment, I'll read that scripture and we'll go from there. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Zor of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Father, I pray in Jesus' name 
for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be on this service. I pray, Lord, that you would take our minds, separate us from the things and the cares of the world, and center us on the things of Jesus. Lord, may your word speak to our heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, remember I said that his hair began to grow. We're going to look at the time in the life of Samson where he got into sin and his hair was cut off. When his hair was cut off, he lost his physical power, which represents today in our Bible study our spiritual power. Samson got his hair cut, and when he got it cut, he lost his power. Now, by the grace of God, as we go into this, we'll find that his hair began to grow again. I'm probably talking to somebody in the bottom section and certainly maybe even in the balcony section up here this morning that your spiritual hair has been cut. The Word of God don't speak to you like it used to. You don't spend the time in prayer that you used to spend. You don't read your Bible like you used to. You're not as excited about coming to church or about being around God's people as you once did. Maybe you might find yourself this morning, you're not tithing like you did at one time. But there's been some thought in your mind lately about your relationship with God. You've been thinking about reading your Bible. You've been thinking about praying more. You've been thinking about talking to people about Jesus. You've been thinking about doing something here at the Lord's house and in the work of God. And there's a little bit of hair beginning to grow on you. Now this morning, as we look at this scripture, you keep that thought in mind. Moses had been used by God and led the children of Israel out of bondage. After Moses went off the scene, Joshua, God's man, came on the scene and began to lead the people of God. Not long after that, there was a time or a period of time that there was 13 different judges over a period of years that worked as judges before the nation Israel. These were men that God worked through. These were their preachers. These were their pastors. These were their Bible teachers. These were their men that God had there. And God dealt with them and they dealt with the people. God dealt with them. They dealt with the people. And they were called judges. Samson was one of these judges. The Bible says that Samson was judge over Israel for 20 years. The longest, I believe, of any judge to judge the nation Israel. During that period of time, Samson was a Nazarite. We read the scripture just a few minutes ago that God, in a miraculous way, brought about conception in his mother. And she was told what to do and what not to do. And he was to be a Nazarite his entire life. Three basic things that consisted of that Nazarite vow. And by the way, to be a Nazarite, Samson was with the most dedicated Christians of his day. I also think that Samson was the strongest physical man alive during his lifetime. But the three things is this. One, he was to contact no grapes or strong wine or drink. He was to never touch a dead body of any 
kind, animal or human. And never was his hair to be cut. His hair was to be uh, left alone his entire life. Now, as Samson began to live his life out as a Nazarite, you'll find in the scripture that he began to fall into sin. I have four points this morning that I want to mention to us if we have time. Now, the other service, they did not listen real well. And I didn't get to to go all the way because they were a little slow listeners. Now, you all, honestly, don't mention it to them, but y'all look a little sharper. And uh, so you probably will get a little more. But number one, I want us to look at his companions. Number two, I want us to look at the cutting of his hair. Then I want us to see the courage that began to build in him. And then I want us to see the final act of the conquering that was brought about because he got back right with God. Now, in in this this passage of Scripture, the, uh, the people, I said the companions, the people that Samson got acquainted with, they had profound effect on his life. And did you know that your companions, your friends, they have a major effect on your life? I'm talking about like you can determine, I'm going to do this, live this, do this, do that. And you get with the wrong crowd and buddy, they will blow your mind and cut your spiritual hair off. And you won't even know what happened. You'll find yourself right in the middle of what you ought not to be in the middle of. And young people, pay attention to this preacher. You need to be very careful who you hang around with. And if mama and daddy don't like your boyfriend or don't like your girlfriend and you want to see them, date them, or go with them or whatever it's called, then if mom and daddy says no, means no. They love you. They care about you. Nobody in this world will ever love you like your mama and your daddy loves you, and that's a promise except for God. Nobody will ever care about you like they care for you. And when they tell you, leave them alone, get away from there, don't you go there, don't get involved with them, they're looking out for your good interest. You say, they just want to run my life. I say, glory to God. Somebody needs to. You don't have a brain to do it. We just need to turn it over. And Samson got into the wrong companionship, and before long, his life was going downhill. He went off into the land of the Philistines to find him a girlfriend. Instead of looking at Temple Baptist, bless God, he got off in some liberal, uh, unbibled place or either folks that don't go to church and wanted to find him a girlfriend. Say amen. And that just messes up everything. But glory to God, I'm glad to tell you this morning that when he got down there and he found that woman, the first thing mom and daddy said was, son, no. They said, no, don't do that. Don't you know that you can find you a good girlfriend up here within a different group of companions? And folks, be careful. But that doesn't just go for young people. Let me tell you something. I didn't ask the preacher if I could say this. I don't know you all real well, but I know people pretty good. 
There's some folks in this church you don't need to monkey with. Now, you need to love them. You need to care about them. But they think water ain't wet. They think the wind don't blow. They think, well, if it ain't like it always been, it won't be right. Be careful. Sometimes you need to love them. You need to like them. You speak to them. You do do help help out in any way you can, but don't hang out too much. It'll rub off on you. You'll start fussing about who got your parking spot. You'll start fussing about who got your chair. You'll start fussing about, well, that coffee's too dark. That coffee's this. This, that, and the other. Anybody that drinks Starbucks coffee will drink anything, so y'all just go go right ahead. (laughs) But anyhow, just be careful who you hang around with because it will have a profound effect on your life. What the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 6 and verse 3 says, Humble thyself. And make sure thy friends, what that literally means is, stop, realize who you are hanging around with, and be sure that's the person you need to be buddying with. In Proverbs 13, 20, the Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, and a companion of fools shall be destroyed. There are those in life that will literally destroy your life. Samson found himself dealing with the wrong companions and before long he has found him a wife of the Philistines. After that his wife is taken away from him, given to somebody else. He winds back up in all kinds of situations and literally then he goes down and finds Delilah and in chapter number 16 uh, you find that he is with Delilah, a new wife, and she now has conspired with the enemy to find out what is the secret to Samson's physical strength. Remember I told you a while ago he's one of the strongest men, if not the strongest man, that was alive then? Well, because of that, God had used him to physically defeat and to kill. At one time, he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. I told him this morning... I was in, out at Brother Smitty and Miss Edna's. I don't know how many of you all know Brother Smitty and Miss Edna, but they're good folks. They're real good folks. And they've got good friends because one of their friends made them a uh, coconut cake and brought it to their house, and we showed up there, and this was good cake, I'm telling you. And I don't know who this woman is. I met her this morning, but don't remember her name. But anyhow, anywhere she's going to cook and carry food, go eat with her. And every once in a while, just get a, be, become a good companion to her. She may bring you one. But anyhow, I'm at their house, and I carry my little dog Molly out, and I ask you to pray for her, Molly, if you would. We, we got a little dog named Molly. We've had her for 15 years. She's 16 years old, and she is real, real sick. Now, I like that little dog. I like Molly. I like my youngins. And I like my wife, and I like my daughter-in-law. And maybe I don't like Molly Goods, I like them, but it's real close. <clears throat> so y'all pray for Molly. And I take her out this morning, and I'm standing on the driveway. 
All of a sudden, across the street. No, how does the donkey do? Pray, bray, whatever he's doing. That donkey just started braying. Just braying and braying and braying across there. And he was waking up. I thought he was a, maybe a mixed-up transvestite rooster or something. I didn't know what in the world it was. But he, he was just braying and carrying on like you just would not believe over there. Well, that's what, that's what Samson used with the jawbone out of a donkey and killed a 1,000 people. He was very, very involved in serving God and protecting God's people. But he kept getting himself involved in sin. And in chapter 16, you find him there with Delilah. And Delilah has got him on his knee. Now, these Philistines were extremely upset about him. In fact, he had, they had made him so mad, he called him 300 foxes one time and tied their tails together and put a firebrand in between, their, in between these foxes and turned them loose in their corn patch and burn up their corn patch. It made them real mad. And they wanted to get rid of Samson. So they found out that his wife Delilah, or they found his wife Delilah, and they went and made a league with her that if she would find out where his strength lay, that they would pay her for that information, and that way they could come in, take Samson, and conquer him. Now, this is where we go from the companions, and I want you to be careful about your companions, because they really got Samson into some serious trouble. And your companions will get you in either serious trouble or either they'll get you into great blessings, one or the other, and it's your choice. Then we come to the cutting. <clears throat> Remember now that no razor had ever been on Samson's head. He had never had his hair cut. Now, some people, you can tell they don't have to have their hair cut like this fellow here. You, are you a good guy or you, you're a good guy? He don't need nobody to cut his hair because he don't have any. And there's another one over here that's smiling like he's got a lot, but he don't. It, it's, it's really going back there. <clears throat> well, Samson had never had his hair cut. The scripture finds him laying in Delilah's lap. While he's there, she says to him, honey, where is it that your strength lies? He gave her some story with nothing to it, just kind of pacifier, get her off, off him. So she uh, called for the Philistines to come in. They come in. She said, they're upon you, Samson. He jumps up. They had tied him up. He breaks loose. And away he goes. She come, he comes back, glutton for punishment. Glutton for punishment. Glutton for punishment. Now, pay attention to that. I said he was a glutton for punishment. A lot of times, sin has punished you and I, and we keep going back to the same thing over and over and over. <clears throat> Make a long story short, he's laying in her lap the last time, and she says, if you really loved me, you'd tell me your secret. So he begins to tell her that never a razor had been on his head, that his hair had grown from birth, 
and that in his hair, the fact that his hair was there, that's what God had used in order to bless him with such great spirit, uh, physical strength. And this morning, I want you to look at your spiritual life and your spiritual hair in your life. You remember whenever it really was, was where the strength was, your prayer life in your spiritual life, you had a great prayer life. You had a great Bible reading. You had a great church attendance. You had a sweet spirit. You wanted to worship God and to be a part of the things of God. And your spiritual hair was, uh, was growing and your life was blossoming for the things of God. And you were on the mountaintop and you were going and going and growing for the Lord. Well, Samson is at this place. She, he now tells her the truth. And she has a man come in and shave Samson's hair. When she say, had his hair shaved, she now calls and tells Samson, the Philistines have been there and they have tied him up. They, they're, they're ready to bind him and take him away. And she tells him that they're on him and he jumps up. One of the saddest statements in all of the Bible is found in verse number 20. And the Bible said, and he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. He did not even know that the Spirit of God had departed from him, and he jumps up like before, and he's going to shake himself off, and he's going to kill these Philistines and get rid of them, and found out that he had no, no power at all, no physical strength to do that. Now this morning, you think on this. What is it? that will cut your spiritual hair in your life. Let me give you a couple of three things. One, doubting God. You ever get to doubting the Word of God? You say, Brother McCormick, I don't understand the Bible. That's okay, but you can still believe it. You can study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. If it's written in this book, it is the truth. You may see the bumper sticker that says God said it. I believe it and that settles it. But that's not true. God said it and that settles it. Whether you believe it or not, but you need not to doubt God. You read the Bible, you say, how in the world could that have happened? I don't understand the virgin birth. Let me help you a minute. You don't understand television. You don't understand cell phones. You don't understand microwave ovens, but you mash the button. You just know that if God said it, that settles it. It is true whether you believe it or not. But if you start doubting God, the devil will use that and begin to cut your spiritual hair and you'll begin to lose your spiritual power and your relationship with God. Don't go to doubting God. Believe this Bible. Believe the book. Study the book and learn the book because the Bible will keep you out of trouble if you just won't doubt the Word of God. Number two, I think that sin is one of the things that will cut your spiritual hair. Now, we could go into all kinds of areas of that, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what is against God. You know what's against the Word of God. You know what sin is in your life, and don't dabble in it because it will suck you in like a vacuum cleaner picking up dog hair and eat your life up 
and you'll find yourself with your spiritual hair being trimmed off and you'll begin to lose your spiritual power. Another thing is unforgiveness. You ever met anybody, they just, they just didn't like to forgive folks. And now, I, I don't mind forgiving you if you do me wrong as long as you meet my criteria. Now, my forgiveness criteria may differ from yours a little bit. I want you to cry some. Now, when you come and apologize to me, I, I like to see a tear or two. I don't mind if you bend your knee, get down and, uh, and, and let me know that you're really, really sorry. And then if you just look pitiful enough, you know, and you need to do that more than one time if you're genuine now. You'll need to come back tomorrow and kind of repeat that a little bit. And you men know what I'm talking about. And, and you've been there. You have to kind of go back over that. And then you have to go back over that. And you have to kind of go back over that a little bit. He woke up. And, uh, <laughs> and go back over that just a little bit. And, and if you're not careful, though, unforgiveness will cut your spiritual hair. It'll affect your Bible reading. You'll get to where you don't feel as close to God as you used to. You'll get to the point that you can't pray like you used to could pray. Why? Because there's unforgiveness in your heart. If there's somebody that's done you wrong, even if they've never asked you to forgive them, go ahead and forgive them. Just go ahead and love the living fire right out of them. I'm talking about just pour it on, man, and do something. Now, I tell you what you ought to do, girls. Just go this week and bake that old girl a cake and take it to her. Yeah, yeah, fellas, you know it. Just buy him a fishing rod or buy him a lure or something like that or a good dog. Yeah, a good hound dog, coon dog. Or, or buy him some truck floor mats or something. Even though you know he doesn't deserve it, Yes, do it because you've got some spiritual hair that's yours. Not only will unforgiveness, but selfishness. Mean-spirited. Oh, you ever met anybody at church? They're just plain mean sometimes. You, you meet them at the grocery store, they're mean. They want to run over you with their buggy. They, they do all kinds of things. They just they get up mad and just all the time frowning at you. They, they're just mean-spirited. They, they come to church too, some of them do. I think just to try their razors out, just to see if they can shave your hair and get you mean-spirited because they like mean, mean-spirited people like mean-spirited people. Just be nice. Just be nice. Don't be mean-spirited. But if you let the devil start cutting your hair with mean-spiritedness, you'll lose your spiritual power with God. Other things is missing church. Folks, you ought to be in church. Just come to church. Well, Brother McCormick, I don't come to church anymore down there. I just don't like it. I, I remember I pastored the same church 42 years. You know they'll miss about a month and you go see them. First time you go see them, preacher, I'm just plain sorry. I, I need to be back in church. I need to come back to church. You're right. You're right. I know it. I'm just sorry. I just haven't been getting it. They don't come. Another month go by, you go see them again. Well, I tell you, Brother McCormick, problem is them people down there, they just, they just kind of stuck up folks. They just, I don't like them people. A lot of hypocrites down there at church. They'll miss about another month. You go back to see them. Well, I tell you this, I, preacher, I, you want me to be honest with you? Yo, yes, sir. You just ain't got it like you used to. 
you just you just can't preach like you could. I mean, you just there's just something wrong. That's why I don't go to church. About another month, you visit them, they're mad with God. They go from accepting responsibility to themselves to blaming the church folk to blaming the preacher to being mad with God. Now listen to me. I'm not real educated, but I am smart enough to know you don't get mad with God. He made no mistakes. He has never done you wrong. He loves you when nobody else would. In fact, he gave his only begotten son to die, be buried, and resurrected as the payment for your sins. And today, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, he loves you and cares about you, and he wants you to be saved if you'll just go to God by faith, ask God's forgiveness of your sin, repent of your sins, he'll forgive you and save you and change your destiny from hell to heaven. Say amen. What a God we serve, so don't get mad with God. Then gossip. Oh, listen, gossip will get you. You say, Brother McCormick, I don't, I don't gossip. I just tell the truth. Well, whether it's truth or lie, gossip is gossip. Just keep your mouth shut, and everybody be happy. But gossip will get you a haircut. You ever noticed how when you start gossiping, before long, you're losing your spiritual power? And you just don't want to be back in church. You don't want to serve the Lord. You don't want to tithe. You don't want to give an offering. You don't want to be involved. You don't want to read the Bible. You don't want to pray. People are sick at the hospital. You don't want to go. All kind of things because you're losing your spiritual power because of those things. And what we have to do is to reach back and find the courage that, that Samson found. You see, I told you that Samson was in Delilah's lap. And all of a sudden, he's had his hair shaved. Well, the Philistines put his eyes out, poke his eyes out. They take him and capture him and carry him down to the prison. And in that prison, they had a work release program, and they taken the prisoners and put them on grinding at the mill. And they taken Samson, big old stone grinder, kind of like a cane, cane mill that you and I know about, and he'd walk in circles, about six of those folks walk in circles pushing that big old grinder. Well, they'd taken Samson down and put him at the mill because he had had his spiritual haircut and he'd lost his physical power like you and I would lose our spiritual power. Samson's walking one day at the mill. The Bible says that as he was walking at the mill, his hair began to grow again. I can see it now, can't you? Old Samson, he's got that handle on the mill. He's walking round and round, grinding corn, grinding wheat, grinding corn, grinding wheat, sweat pouring down his face. He's pushing that, that uh, wheel round and round. After a while, he reaches back, brush that sweat off his head. Uh-huh. He felt a little fuzz up there on the top of that bald head. He stood to himself, my goodness. That's nice. My hair's growing back. I imagine about that next round, he's getting a little stronger. The mother five men following him probably didn't have to push as much. Old Samson just carrying that mill around. His hair began to grow. Fell in behind him, I think, probably said something like this. Samson, old bald head, looks to me like you're getting a little fuzz growing up there, buddy. He probably said, yeah, I feel like I got a little more than I did having. You know how it is whenever you 
reached down, and you hadn't picked that Bible up in a, about two or three months, and you pick, your, pick the Word of God up, and you start reading it, and all of a sudden, God, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you through it. And why, you, you remember when you've been out of church, and, or you've been mad about something, you come to church, and Brother Malcolm gets up, and he just starts preaching away, and the Holy Ghost starts just needling you and needling you, and you feel like that the Holy Spirit just reached down in his pocket and got, you, got his knife out and pulled it out, and he's just sticking you right in the gut. You know, and he's just getting your attention. And you feel that hair growing back. Some of you, somebody behind you says, praise God. And he inside you, you want to say, well, praise the Lord. And that's that spiritual hair growing back. Old Samson, he walking around that mill. And that hair began to grow. The hair began to grow back. When it began to grow back, the Bible says that not long after that, they wanted to make sport of Samson. They took him and brought him made at a big party. He brought Samson in, put him between two pillars. He had asked the boy that was leading him because he was blind to put him between the pillars. And as Samson was there between the pillars, his hair began to grow back. He could feel that he was getting right with God. And he cried out one more time and he said, Lord, would you please one more time just give me my power back. And the Bible says that in his death he killed more than in his life. Samson bowed his head, began to pray, and he began to pull on those pillars. Why? Because his spiritual hair began to grow back. Is yours growing back? Do you feel like yours is coming back to you? Do you feel like God's doing something in your life? Maybe you've never been saved, but you feel the Holy Spirit dealing with you. Maybe you know that you're a sinner and you're on your way to hell without God. Would you just turn this morning, turn your life over to Jesus? Samson pulled on those pillars. And before long, the roof began to fall. And it began to crush him. He died with those that he killed more at his death than in his life. This morning, Jesus loves you. There's nothing that he would not do for you. If you just come to Jesus today, you can have your spiritual hair back again. Would you stand with me, please? Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. For just a moment. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you and save you. You say, Brother McCormick, you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is what he done. He gave his life, shed his blood that you and I might be saved. This morning we want you to come. And let somebody take the word of God and share with you what you need to do to be saved. You may be here this morning and perhaps you've lost your spiritual power. Perhaps the devil has cut your hair. But you feel a little fuzz coming back over the last few weeks. Or maybe just this morning. And your hair is beginning to grow. You're beginning to want to spend time with God again. You're beginning to want to praise him and thank him for the family he's given you for the help that he's given you, for the prayers that he's answered, whatever he's spoken to you about this morning, would you have let God have his way in your life? In just a moment, we'll turn the invitation over to the pastor. But Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts this morning. God, I pray that their hair, the spiritual hair of our head, would begin to grow again. We ask you for your anointing on this service in Jesus' name. Amen.
verse of invitation, Brother Jalen's going to sing in just a moment. But here's what I want you to do. Maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe you, you just got into a place in your life and it's, it's kind of got routine and it's not what it used to be. Just don't feel what you used to feel. Don't, don't experience what you used to experience. Don't see God to do what he used to do in, 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 in your life itself. Well, listen, there's a great fix to all that. Jesus said, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is willing, waiting, and ready. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, we've got this altar, and we, we, we've kind of we've kind of dedicated this, this wood part, this round part right here for those who, if you need someone to help you, if you need someone to pray with you, we'll be glad to do that here. But if not, you say, preacher, I just want to spend some time with God. I want to pray, and it's just me and God, private, personal. Well, this, this rounded part right here, and on the other side, the same way. Uh, listen, you can come. Nobody will bother you. Nobody will mess with you. You can come and pray and just spend time with God. But let's do this. I, I, I preached this last week. Let's get real. Let's get honest. If you need prayer, I want you to come as we sing. Brother Jalen, you come. If you need to be saved, you come. I have what you need. God is to your heart about but you keep you on you searching. He's you done all the work. But you keep on working when you're running on empty and you can't find a remedy. Just come to the well. You can spend your whole life chasing what's missing, but an empty inside, it just ain't gonna listen. When nothing can satisfy and the world leaves you high and dry, just come to the well. And all who thirst will thirst no more. And all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it will never fail. So leave it all behind and come to the well. So bring me your heart, no matter how broken. Just come as you are. When your last prayer is spoken, just rest in his arms a while, and you feel the change, my child, cause you've come to the well. And all who thirst will thirst no more, and all who search will find what their souls long for the world will try but it will never fail so leave it all behind and come to the well The world will try, but it will never fail. 
Leave it all behind. And now that you're full of love beyond measure, your joy is going to flow like a stream in the desert. And soon all the world will see living water is found in me. Cause you come to the well And all who thirst will thirst no more And all who search will find what their souls long for The world will try, but it will never fail so leave it all behind and come to the well. Leave it all behind and come to the well. Leave it all behind and leave it all behind. Leave it all behind and come to the Boy, you gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know. Samson thought it was over. Thought it was over. Probably thought, probably thought, as Peter did. Well, God don't want to have nothing to do with me now. Isn't it amazing that after Peter denied Christ, the Bible said he went out and wept bitterly. The last thing, the last thing that that Peter saw of the Lord was the Lord looking at him after his last denial. Can you imagine what was going through Peter's mind? It's it. He, he could never love me after that. He could never trust me after that. But when Jesus rose again after the resurrection, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Why do you think he did that? He knew what Peter was thinking. He wanted Peter to know I got this. It's all right. Listen, I'm glad that God is a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance, God. Amen? Long-suffering. Awesome. Church, say amen. We're going to take up our tithes and our offerings and, and our, our faith and action given for our building, our missions given. Listen, the, 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 what we are able to do here at Temple is an incredible thing, but it can't happen without what you're doing right now. Your generosity, what you're giving right now, helps all this happen, helps these lives to be changed and everything that's going on. A lot of times, you don't get to see what happens during the week and the people that are helped during the week and the lives that are changed during the week, but it still can't happen without what you're doing right here. And I, from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know I appreciate it I thank you for, for what you do to meet the needs of this community. And all God's people said, let's, let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this offering. Use it for your glory. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Bless the gift as well as the giver. In Jesus' name, amen.
Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. For there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean, oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? All right. Don't forget tonight, we've been announcing in the bulletin and everything, don't forget tonight, tonight is night of worship. Uh, this is going to be our very first one in the new building. Isn't that excited, amen? The choir's going to sing, they're going to blow it out and have a good time. Going. Are you going to let me sing solo this time? <laughs> 